Welcome to Book Talk, produced by the Better Living Institute and sponsored by AppJudo for your software needs, BulletPad for building lists on your iPad, and also sponsored by donations from our listeners, folks like you. We're Kira and Bill Van Ittersom, and today we're going to be discussing a little book called The Prayer of Jabez, Breaking Through to the Blessed Life. It's written by Dr. Bruce H. Wilkinson, and our book is copyrighted in 2000. And it was published by Multnomah Publishers in Sisters, Oregon. And this prayer of Jabez comes from the New Testament of the Bible, from First Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And in the King James Version from the Internet, it reads, Verse 9, Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Verse 10 then says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. So the first thing that you might notice is that it's a lot like the Johnny Cash song, The Boy Named Sue. (laughs) So it's quite a dirty trick that his mom laid on him. Names in those days were so important for the people of Israel and for the Hebrews in general. And to carry a name like You Caused Me Pain, you could just imagine all the suffering that he took growing up from various other kids in the neighborhood, picking on him, bullying (laughs) him, teasing him, and perhaps even learned teachers at the temple where he was attending might lay some (laughs) bad things on him as well, perhaps guilt. So this was, we don't really know why his mom did such a thing. But like I said, it sounds a lot like the boy named Sue. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe this is kind of what led to his unusual covenant with God, so to speak, and what led him to pray such an unusual prayer. So we might say that things started out badly for Jabez, and that's the opinion of Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. He did pray an unusual one-sentence prayer, and in Dr. Wilkinson's opinion, things ended up for Jabez extraordinarily well. Because it also says God granted his request. (laughs) So we know that things went well. So Bruce Wilkinson is a Christian minister. He runs an outreach organization, has for 40 years or more. He does have traditional opinions about Christianity. And here at the Better Living Institute and in this particular podcast, we are not making any judgmental statement one way or another. We're not proselytizing Dr. Wilkinson's point of view, nor his view of Christianity, nor are we judging it adversely. We just like the concept, and as we get into the podcast, we're hoping to open the context or the concept of this prayer and how it relates to what we're talking about today in the Law of Attraction or in some of the other New Thought ideas where you do need to ask the internal power or the power of the universe 
before things are going to take place in your life. We have to sort of have a particular viewpoint of what prayer is and how prayer works in order to kind of get why we thought this book was important. Dr. Wilkinson asks a question, how does this prayer work? When was the last time that God worked through you in such a way that you knew beyond a doubt that God had done it? So that's a pretty profound question. <laughs> yes, I know that sometimes the things that happen seem extraordinary. One of the things that certainly puts us more into a frame of mind is if we keep a journal and we can actually record things that are happening. And then as we look back from week to week or even month to month or even year to year, we could see some of the absolute extraordinary things that do take place. Now, a person would have to be practicing this prayer of Jabez, saying it every day, as Dr. Wilkinson would suggest that we do, to be able to see what would happen when you're employing this device. It's interesting because Dr. Wilkinson's viewpoint is that God is ready with blessings to give to each of us, but we typically do not ask for them. And it is an interesting concept when you think about it, because... We typically ask for things, but sort of in a a rote fashion, you know, like, bless my mom, bless my dad, (laughs) bless my dog, you know, whatever. But we don't really ask for the blessings in a way that we're looking at the word in terms of what the word really means. And so he's talking about here going to the river and jumping in instead of taking a teaspoon or whatever it is that we normally take. We don't really expect that God is going to answer our prayers a lot of times. And so we don't really ask for what we really truly deserve. And of course, the metaphor for the river is the life flow or the energy flow from God, if you will, or from the universal power or the force, as the movie Star Wars Mm -hmm. would call it. So when you jump into the river, (laughs) you are immersing yourself in this current In fact, some of the New Thought materials do suggest the exact same metaphor, flowing with the current, jumping into the current, and swimming with the current. Exactly. They certainly caution us not to try to swim upstream. (laughs) Right. So it's kind of like the flowing life force, basically, is what we're talking about here. And there are so many different definitions of the word God So we don't want to limit that at all. We want this to be an open discussion that includes all different ways of looking at God. If you're looking at this material, it really would work for you regardless of whether you believe in God, you don't believe in God. No, we're just talking about Or are Christian or are not Christian. Exactly. So we want to expand our viewpoint of this book so that we really encompass all people who might listen And we really don't want to turn anyone off, nor do we want to point it in a particular direction. And from that point of view, we will be giving some quotes from the Bible, primarily because that's what's in this book, and that's how Dr. Wilkinson wrote it. But we still very much appreciate the message of the openness to receiving There's two or three different Bible verses that talk about the power of asking. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says one of the most famous that everyone practically knows, Ask, and that shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. 
Yes. <laughs> that is the one that is so profound that most people do quote. And it's interesting that it's written right there, but most people, I don't think, really stop to think that means you can ask for whatever you wish. In this book, there is a particular viewpoint, and Dr. Wilkinson is suggesting that we ask for that which God wants for us. So there is this surrender to this ultimate power, saying almost like, take me and use me, use my life, but enrich me with blessings so that I can do a really good job for you. You know, that's sort of the viewpoint of the book. Now, the opposite is also true. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 2, James says, you do not have because you do not ask. So it's really very, very plain. The whole magic is in asking. There are different types of asking. Mm-hmm. It's like walking down the road saying, I wish I had a million dollars. <laughs> I wish I had a million dollars. But what has to go along with asking is belief. If you do not have the belief, and many Christians would call that the faith, it really doesn't make a lot of difference what you ask for. The other thing is that I think, to be honest, there are people who probably are asking all the time for things that they don't want because they're thinking erroneously. And this is a type of prayer. Our thoughts are prayers. So when we are in the habit of thinking negative thoughts, like, I know I can't do that, and I can't have that, or I don't deserve that, or I can't afford that, those are all ways of asking, only we're asking for what we don't want. This is a strange way, perhaps, to look at prayer, but in fact, I do believe this is how a lot of people pray. And some people get hung up on previous moral training as children. Dr. Wilkinson points out that many of us were trained by our moms, in particular our moms, that we shouldn't be selfish, and we shouldn't be greedy, and we shouldn't ask for a lot. And in particular, as families were struggling with paying the bills and having enough food for the table, in different households, there was different levels of abundance. And if the levels were not that high, mom in particular didn't want family members to hog all the grapes when they got into the house or take too many bananas or whatever, you know, leave something for your sister or your brother. So we grew up with this idea of don't ask, don't be greedy, don't be selfish. And he wants us to move beyond that. So he imagines that Jabez in praying this prayer is saying, Father, oh, Father, please bless me. And what I mean is, bless me a lot, you know, give me a lot. So the Hebrew meaning of blessing is to ask for or to impart a supernatural favor. And if you remember the story of Jacob and Esau, where the mom was favoring her younger son and wanted to have her husband, who was dying, bless or give the family blessing to her youngest son. So she faked out her husband. And the blessing was a very, very powerful thing back in ancient times. The eldest son was given the land and the animals and the outbuildings and really the whole means to make a very comfortable living for himself. He could then marry and he'd have the resources to support a wife and family. And the other brothers, well, not so much. And they'd kind of have to fend for themselves. So when we look at the word blessing... We see that there is a lot more to it than what we feel today or our watered-down version of that word. 
Right. I think most of us have that watered down look at it because we're basically bless this food, that sort of thing. It's just, like I said before, a rote type of prayer. So then when you get into the next part of the prayer, oh, that you would enlarge my territory. Dr. Wilkinson imagines that Jabez was not just asking for more land as Esau's mother wanted him to have the land from their father, but he was wanting to have a different version of territory. Right. He wasn't talking about possessions or anything that he might inherit or anything like that. He was talking about the blessing of having greater influence with his life so that he could better serve God. That was really why he wanted the blessing. And have more responsibility. He wanted to make a mark for the God of Israel. So, Dr. Wilkinson in this book has kind of coined a new phrase, which he calls a Jabez appointment. And what he means by that is when you're asking, you say, how may I serve? So that you actually have an appointment from God, a task that you're being given. And when you're given that, when you are called, please answer. It sounds funny and it sounds so simplistic, but how many times does something happen and we blow it off, (laughs) you know, and... We don't answer, and there's an opportunity to be kind, and we don't. Or we don't even recognize that we've been called because we're not paying attention. And that is true. You do have to pay attention. (laughs) So he's saying that you're asking the infinite to send you an opportunity to serve. And then what you're really doing by asking is you're opening up an energy channel between yourself and others. And what starts happening is that others suddenly begin to feel more drawn to you. They feel safe with you, and they feel that they can trust you. Which is very powerful. How are they going to share their difficulties or their disappointments if they don't trust you? You know, if you can think of the aura, that energy field that surrounds the body, it's a biochemical spiritual force field that completely surrounds us. And in some cases, it's very, very small, like a tiny little candle flame, because you're pulling all your energy in, and you're scared and frightened and so forth. And then at times, especially when we feel great and we feel ready to work with the world, we're so expansive, and our energy field can go out several feet or more. To understand visually what I'm talking about here, Go online and search for Curlian Photography, K-I-R-L-I-A-N, Curlian Photography, and you will see some amazing images, some of plants, some of people's hands, and some of other parts of people's bodies. It's very amazing. Of course, it's the premise behind a lot of the hands-on healing, or even just energy healing that doesn't require hands-on, but it really is a matter of shifting energy. And it's also the premise behind quantum physics, which has been getting a lot of attention these days. It really does demonstrate that everything is made up of energy and that this energy flows from vessel to vessel. So it's kind of combining and recombining infinitely. We're changing all the time from one thing to another. And it's kind of like the physical body, if you look at it, it's constantly changing. It looks constant when you look at it, but it is constantly moving and changing. So seven years from now, the body you're living in is not going to be the one you're in today. Tomorrow, it's not going to be the same one that you're in today. In fact, 15 minutes from now, it's not going to be the same one that you're living in right now because cells are dying, new cells are popping up. All the chemical processes going on that keep you alive. 
So with this concept of the infinite universe and the infinite energy power and the all-powerful nature of the energy flow, it really does sound an awful lot like that genie in the bottle (laughs) whose whole task is, your wish is my command. That's what Dr. Wilkinson is trying to say. When you ask God, as Jabez asked, you are saying, I trust and I believe that God is going to fulfill your wish as his command. And sometimes you're not actually making a verbal prayer, but as Bill just said, you're saying, I trust and I believe. We all have experiences that we can relate to in which we have believed that something was going to happen or we did have a really positive flow going on and all of a sudden positive things begin to show up in our lives. This really is, as I said before, what I believe is another type of prayer that shows up in our lives. We need to take a break for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our program is sponsored by App Judo, your complete web and mobile application development service. The Japanese word judo means the gentle way. The martial art of judo got this name because it signifies maximum efficiency and mutual welfare and benefit. AppJudo follows these same principles in all its software development projects using the best technologies and computer science principles to serve clients' needs elegantly and intelligently. AppJudo prides itself on building attractive and intuitive user interfaces that your customers will easily understand and love to use. Whether you want to design and build a new app or refactor and redesign an existing app, AppJudo can help make your project a success. Visit AppJudo today at www.appjudo.com. Now, Dr. Wilkinson, in discussing the next part of the prayer, has an interesting perspective. And the next part, of course, is let your hand be with me. So let the hand of God be on my shoulder. In his metaphor for this section, Dr. Wilkinson talks about people having success with the early parts of the prayer. Please bless me and expand my territory so things start happening in your life and your area of influence does expand. Maybe your business starts to expand. Maybe your ministry starts to expand. Maybe the way that you help people is expanding. Well, all of a sudden, you expand. It's kind of like the Peter Principle. You grow to the level of your incompetence, (laughs) or at least in your mind. Now, trust that the spiritual power will never give you more than what you can handle. But we do get afraid. And the first thing that happens is we begin to feel that we can't manage what we've created. Well, that brings a whole host of fears, most of which center around fear of failure, Fear of destruction, fear of going out of business, perhaps, fear of humiliation from this project. I remember once an interview that was done with Lyndon Baines Johnson. This was after he had left the presidency and he was back on his farm and he had hundreds of acres, hundreds and hundreds of acres. And it was cattle primarily that he was dealing with. And in this particular interview, the interviewer found him swearing and oh, carrying on terribly. And she said, what's wrong? And he said, well, this pump is not working and I won't be able to bring water up for the cattle. And the cattle are going to die and I'm going to lose the farm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just so irrational. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why it was put in the article. I don't remember it was a male or 
female reporter, but they were just absolutely amazed. I mean, they looked around and saw hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of acres and thought, oh my God, you know, <laughs> one little pump destroy this whole farm. But we can project all kinds of things totally out of proportion. Today, I think they call this feeling being out of your comfort zone. <laughs> You're out of your comfort zone and you start just kind of wreaking havoc with your whole environment. So Dr. Wilkinson says you have three choices here. First is you can turn back. You can admit that the task was too great, that you weren't up to the task. You can quit or you can push your way through, bull it through, bully it through and use your stubborn sense of rightness, relying totally on your consciousness and your thoughts and personal awarenesses to try to solve whatever's happening. Or the third method, of course, that's what he suggests, is that you seek God's blessings again, and you seek God's help and guidance, and then you leave yourself open to help from your subconscious, your inner conscious, and also help from other people and all other living things. Because help may come in a form of a dog that comes to your aid (laughs) at a particular time. Right. There's a point in the book where he mentions that very often we go at things as if it's all about our experience, our past. Everything is dependent on what we look like, how people perceive us, what our credentials are, all those kinds of outer things. We think that that is what gives us our territory. But actually, you can be very weak. You could be really lacking in talent and development in many areas. But if you have that ultimate trust in that power, in that God force that we're talking about, and you really just put your reliance on that, you can be shown. You can really be shown all the different avenues to take in order to succeed. But it really does require a great deal of trust and confidence in that power. So seeking blessings from God, that's kind of like the ultimate act of worship It's kind of like really sealing your source of surrender. You're saying, I believe ultimately in this force. And so there's no greater way to worship than that. He says this surrender to him sounds like, Father, please do this in me because I can't do it alone. It's too big for me. And he told a little story in the book about his little boy. They were going to the park with the family one day and there were three slides in the park. One was a little slide and one was a medium-sized slide. It kind of reminds me of Goldilocks. And one was a great big slide. And the little boy was just quite small. The first thing he did is he climbed up that little slide and went down it. And it was so exhilarating that he ran to the middle-sized slide and went up that one. And he slid down that one several times and he had a great time. And then he went over to the big slide And he got about halfway up the stairs going up that slide and had a bigger kid behind him. And he just hesitated. He was really quite fearful. He wasn't sure he could go down that slide. So he just had this look of distress on his face. And finally, his dad, who had been somewhat trying to pretend to ignore him, so, you know, to see how brave he was and what kind of a decision he would make regarding that big slide, came up to the bottom of the stairs and said, do you need some help? And the little boy said, Daddy, can you go down the slide with me? I don't think I can do it by myself. And so his dad reached up and grabbed him into his arms and said, Sure, you know, I'll help you. And so he went down the slide with the little boy between his legs. And that was the kind of protection that he's talking about, that we have to have that kind of faith 
in this power that's working for our good. He says that afterwards, when the project is done, we often say, God did that. Nobody else. God carried me. God gave me the words, gave me the power, and it was wonderful. (laughs) And so it truly is a blessing. This is what he calls living in the supernatural dimension. You surrender your consciousness and your will, and your subconscious takes over, and all these possibilities of help begin to surround you. The next part of Jabez's prayer goes, And keep me from harm, so I will be free from pain. So the more success that you have with your Jabez appointments and all of your Jabez experiences, the more complacent that you might become. Distraction, opposition, and oppression become your enemies, and your recent successes often suggest to you a wrongly held notion that you are the cause, or your own personal strength and your own personal abilities are what carried the day. The best way to be free from pain is to not get yourself in a situation in which you're going to be in a place where you're going to experience pain to begin with. So, of course, this means keeping your alignment with that force. It means being open to it, listening to it, using your intuition and listening when God is speaking to you. That's the easiest way to get the help that you need before you get into a bad situation. He says the easiest fight to win is one that never happens. (laughs) Right. So when you get into a potential conflict situation, You have to work it out. You have to live it out. You have to go through it. An interesting suggestion that he has is when things start to escalate, you have two choices. You can act very macho and you can put your foot down or you could dig your heels in or all the other little cliche expressions that we have in the Western world. This tends to escalate any potential conflict between you and another person, between the police and a crowd, between the police and a suspect, between business owner and a customer, the escalation almost is certain. Now, humility, on the other hand, tends to de-escalate the situation, tends to quiet the situation, tends to allow openings where people can retreat without having to lose face. Oftentimes, the conflict never even starts. This is probably how the concept of the peaceful sit-ins and those kind of objecting in a peaceful kind of way came about. It's not always wise to do that either, though. You also need to be listening before you go sit in front of the big tractor. Is the guy going to stop or not? And sometimes he doesn't. We have common sense, and we've been given this connection to the force, and we need to be cognizant of what it's telling us. He has a great quote here that he attributes to someone else, although he never gave the name, but the quote is, your danger is not in being on the edge of a precipice, but in being unwatchful there. Right. can sit there kind of peacefully, but if you are running about namby-pamby and you slip and slide over the edge, <laughs> whoops! <laughs> it's like long way down sometimes. 
We're going to take a break here for a moment to thank a sponsor. This segment of our podcast is sponsored by BulletPad, the fun and intuitive app for writing outlines and organizing your thoughts on your iPad. With BulletPad, you can quickly create a hierarchical list of bullet points, giving structure to your great ideas. BulletPad is a great tool for writers and thinkers, featuring a simple but powerful toolbar above the keyboard to help you navigate your text with arrow keys and to change the indent of your bullet points. Use drag and drop to move your bullet points anywhere in the list. Use the zoom in feature to drill down on any section of your list or use zoom out to get the big picture view. BulletPad is available now for free. Just go to the App Store on your iPad and search for bullet pad. So the next part of the prayer and the last part and the best part is and God granted his request. So Dr. Bruce Wilkinson has an encouragement at the end of the book where he says that he would encourage you to follow the Jabez plan for the next 30 days and he lays the plan out for you. Number one, he says, pray the Jabez prayer every morning for the next 30 days. And he says to keep a record by checkmarking a calendar to make sure that you do it for 30 days and make copies of the prayer and post them all around your house. It's a very short prayer. It's just four or five lines. Put them on your mirror, put them on the refrigerator, put one in your car, wherever you can be prompted to remember the prayer, you know, post them all over the place. He also thinks it's a really good idea if you read the little book, The Prayer of Jabez, once a week during this 30-day challenge and ask God to highlight parts that will become especially relevant in the next week, things that you need to look at as you're going through this month. Then he suggests that you seek physical help and support for your 30-day commitment by telling one person about your plan and ask that person to help you and check up on you. Exactly. (laughs) And that's always helpful because we don't always remember when we're implementing a new habit. He also says he wants you to start a journal. Just for this challenge, he'd like you to record any changes that are taking place in your life. He wants you to be mindful of recording your Jabez appointments or things that you're picking up on that you're being told that you should be addressing or doing. And he wants you to record your new opportunities that are coming along in your life, too. Then he suggests as the last part of the 30-day challenge, to start praying the Jabez prayer for your family and for your friends, and also include your place of worship. Wherever that is, whether you go to church or you have a spot where you go in your house to contemplate or meditate, or maybe you just do it within you at any given time, wherever you might be. And the final step is action. He says action is belief. And action is understanding and acceptance. Action is also surrender to the inner will. It is a mindset, really, a natural belief or an inner confidence. So it's becoming open to new things, but also believing in your power and in God's power to work through you to accomplish those new things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like being in the flow. It's not exerting your will to make something happen. We're not talking about that kind of action, but we are talking about being active in your awareness of what's happening and then following instructions and acting as you're being required to act to carry through on the messages that you are being given. 
Right. It's not going out and trying to make things happen or actually making things happen, like walking the little old lady across the street, especially when she didn't want to cross there. (laughs) It is more about being open, but then being full of belief and confidence that when something happens, you're able to step in and do something because God is working through you or the spiritual power or the flow is actually working through you, not against you. And I think probably everyone has that experience when they've been doing something in life that's really going well and they really know that they're in the flow. You really do have that feeling. And that's exactly what we're talking about, being in the flow, knowing that you have the power with you, the forces with you, so to speak, and everything's going smoothly. That's what we mean by action. So it is a great little prayer to practice. Again, I'll finish up this podcast by reading that Jabez prayer for you one last time. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. And so there's the prayer. We're going to leave you with that. And Bill and I want to thank you for listening today. You can subscribe to our show by going to iTunes Podcast and just look for the Better Living Institute Book Talk Podcast. Or you can also find us at our own website by going to www.betterlivinginstitute.com. And there you will see all of our podcasts and our articles and products. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, we hope that you'll share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for being with us and please join us again next week. For the Better Living Institute, this is Kira and Bill Van Itterson. So long for now, everyone. Mm-hmm.